Johnny, I'm guessing you haven't really used the. Do you have the PlayStation Stars app at all, or you don't even use it? Yeah, I, I use it often. Okay, because it's on the PS app app, so I think it's on there by default. But like, uh, a couple in the last week or so, I think last week actually, I had this weird. I don't know if it was a glitch or something, but I was getting like points every single day for like about a week. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was getting like a hundred points or something. And so what I started doing was I was starting. I didn't know if it was going to keep going forever, so or like it was going to be adjusted or patched or fixed. So I cashed out as soon as I was. I met like the minimum threshold for cash. Mm-hmm. So that's like a thousand two hundred fifty points, I believe. Is like five dollars for store credit, so I cashed out. And it's like right now I have like about eleven dollars of store credit, but um, I want to talk real quick about these little like campaigns because they have some interesting ones. They have um, they have simple ones where it's just like, hey, just play one game this month, and here's like fifty coins or whatever, right? Well, for the people that have Nintendo or Xbox, uh, you explain to them what Stars is. Well, actually, they already have their own. Like, Nintendo has I, the... I was going to ask you if they have an alternative, but... Nintendo has a version of, uh... I forget what it's called, but, like, for every dollar you spend on the Nintendo, like, eShop, you get, like, a certain amount of coins back, and then those coins have, like, a dollar equivalent. Okay. And then on Microsoft, I think they have the same thing with Xbox Rewards, where it's, like, um... But that one covers, like, more Microsoft products, including games. So whenever you spend anything using your Microsoft or Xbox, like, account or whatever... You get like a rebate of like a certain amount back, and they can use that towards purchases and stuff. So, but are theirs just like text on a screen, or do they have the little models like we have? No, th- it's just strictly for like money. Whereas mm-hmm. the PlayStation One has that, but also it. I feel like with the PlayStation One, it's mostly focused on like these little figures, like these little like trophy thingies. Yeah, because it's a reward system. But at least our on on our side, we get little um, models like Ape Escape or little mm-hmm. arcades. Uh, little stadiums we get little tiny models that you could put up in a little trophy box thing right yeah do you actually have yours organized or no i do you have your collectibles organized no like i'm not gonna adjust it every time i get a trophy right right now i have four like four of them up on the uh, bookshelf or whatever Mm -hmm. i have more than that i just haven't got back into like move them around mine i have mostly ape escape theme ones because i love ape escape so i have like the little where he's like on the gondola the little monkey they're the funniest that one and then i also have the pink monkey the pink monkey one which is just it's a pink monkey with like a little hat i've got the t-rexes i have a t-rex one too i think yeah i have the t-rex one i have a it looks like a space shuttle with the little astro boy the little astrobot on it i have the ps3 which is just a ps3 console Mm -hmm. and um but the one I really like is uh, I have a little secret agent Clank on there from Ratchet and Clank. He, he, it's a Clank, the robot, but he has like a tuxedo on. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ones I have on there. But um, like looking at some of the campaigns are pretty kind of easy. Like I said, like here's one. This one, it's like a, this one has like you get a unlockable. It looks kind of like it's a nest for some reason, like a nest with eggs. Yeah. But it says like it's like basically play a sports game, so like Rocket League, NBA Two K Twenty Three, Madden NFL, EA Sports, FIFA Twenty Three. So like some of them are play a specific game. Uh, there's one they do every now and then where it's kind of like a riddle, where they have you like here's some clues. Now play the game that matches the clues, and you get like points or something. I don't know if you've are seen they those. Easy, are they easy to guess? Huh? Are they easy to guess? Uh, I think sometimes they're hard. I, I remember last time I saw one. It was like it was like six different games, but I only got figured out four of them. And then like the rest, you can just look online on online see like anybody else figured it out. So it's not hard. Uh, 
There's okay, so this one says zombies, goals, infected, whatever you call them. Each of these games below features some version of undead creatures. Can you guess the game based on the hints? Play just one of them for your reward. And then like the reward is like um it's uh oh it's it's kind of cool. Have you ever played those weird like little water toys where you push the button and it shoots bubbles to move the kind of like a maze? Oh yeah, yeah. Or like a lab like, like to try to get the things like in the little cups? Yeah. That's what this is. Except like it's a little balls. It's the place. It's the sacred symbol, the symbols. That's neat. So it looks like one of those like little water toys where you push the button and it shoots a stream of bubbles to like make a move or whatever. Uh huh. But it's zombie themed. There's zombies on surfboards and stuff. Well, what do you have to play for that? Well, here's the clues, Johnny. It says here's one of the games. Um, actually, they're not zombies. They're infected. Oh, last of us. Yeah. Other one is um actually they're not zombies. They're dreglings. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that game that is. Um, actually, they're not zombies; they're beached things. Oh, Death Stranding. Really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, the whales, right? Um, actually, they're not zombies; they're freakers. Uh, days gone. And then, um, actually, they're not zombies; they're hiss-controlled humans. Control. Is that true? The hiss, yeah. Wow, you're better at this than I am. You got all of them except the dragons. I have no idea what the dragon is. So. Yeah, I have like three of those. I can definitely get that. Wait, so if I play Control, I'll get one of these in, right? Or I could just play. Well, actually, I own Last of Us I too. Mean, you should play Death Stranding. His Control. That's what they. That's what they are. In no, control? no. In Control, it's the beach things, which are the whales. That's in the trailer. No, you said that's Death Stranding. Yeah, the beach or Death Stranding. I ask. I said Control. Control or the hiss. Okay. The hiss are the entities that come through the dimensions or the portals or whatever. Oh. I don't know what Dragon is. I'm going to look it up later. But basically, so if you play any of these games this month, uh, you actually have 17 days left. If you play any of these games, Johnny, you'll just get the reward. So that's kind of cool. I like like I like these like kind of like, it's like a scavenger hunt almost in a way. Mm-hmm. But that one doesn't give you points. The ones that do, that do give you points are like, for example, there's this one where... Uh, oh, Here's another one with kind of a confusing, not confusing, but it's like riddles. So you get 50 points. You have 17 days and it says, hello, gamer. I want to play a game. Below are six clues. Each clue refers to a game from the PS Plus game catalog. So if you have PS Plus, like premium or whatever, you can play these from there. It says, guess at least one game correctly and start that game to get points. It says, wait, what is Hades doing in San Francisco? You should know this one, Johnny. I don't know that. Horizon, Forbidden West. What is Hades? Oh, yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Hades, the program. It's a DLC. Yeah. It says an epic tale to be sure, but not the well, one written by Homer. I'm sorry, it's not the DLC. It's in the, the full game. Go ahead. What was the next one? It says an epic tale to be sure, but not the one written by Homer. Epic so, to be written by Homer. I don't know if you remember, but Homer wrote The Odyssey. So, what game has Odyssey in it? Assassin's Creed. Yeah, very good. That's right. This one's kind of tricky. Atropos, one of the three fates in Greek mythology, is home in this shooter. I have no idea what that clue means. I don't know what Atropos is. One of the three fates in Greek mythology is home in this oh, shooter. Oh, God of War. Oh, wait, wait. It's a shooter, though. Okay, but it's Greek mythology. It's what a shooter. shooter has Greek mythology in it? I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, this one says, Conan makes a cameo in this action game, but not the Barbarian, the O'Brien. Conan O'Brien, Death Stranding. Is he Death Stranding? Wasn't that Jeff Keighley? Well, he's got a little feature in it. Really? Damn. Yeah, you walk around and then he, the you show it shows a like a hologram, and he like gives you a little mission or something. Dang, I'm missing out a lot of these clues for not playing Death Stranding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
the game this game's DLC pack is not about the ancient Roman god. This so the ancient pack. Roman god is Mars. This game's DLC pack is not about so it's a game with a DLC pack that has Mars involved somehow. I don't what game has Mars as a DLC? Destiny maybe? No. Uh all that stuff is made up in Destiny, isn't it? There's planets though in Destiny. I don't know if it has any corrections to like classic lore, like Greek mythology. And this one last one says Yggdras, Yggdrasil is Norse, not Greek, but plays an important role in this colorful RPG. You're the RPG guy. Yggdrasil is Norse, not Greek. It plays important. It might be Yggdras, Yggdra Union. It might be Yggdra Union, which is a. Oh, it says not Greek. It just shows Norse, not Greek, but plays an important role in this colorful RPG. Could be Hades. Actually, I don't know. That's a tough one. Anyways, so yeah, those are just the general. Like, if you play those, you get 50 points. And they're all on PlayStation Plus Game Calc. So if you have those that tier, then you can just play them. Do you think some of these are just enough to sway a person to pick a game on a particular console? No, I don't think. Not nowhere. No. Nah. What if you're like right in the middle and you're like, if the little model comes up and it says, you got eight days to get this trophy nah you might decide well okay here's one that does require a specific trophy johnny this one's for uh you get it's like a it looks like a balloon kind of owl creature thing so it's just a trophy it's not points uh-huh. but it says time to fly hold on for dear life as you take down avion the giant bird of prey in shadow of the colossus and it says objective earn the writing the wind trophy in shadow of the colossus so if you already have that trophy you kind of missed out on it basically but if you have Shadow of the Colossus, maybe that might push you to trying to get the trophy to get this little like, exclusive, like, limited time little trophy thing for your display. So you have, like, all sorts of different trophies or different, not trophies, but, you know, different rewards for doing different things. Uh, I did the one for the April check-in, which was just play something in April. Easy. Mm-hmm. So anyways, Johnny, so uh, that's enough talking about PlayStation Stars. I just thought it was interesting that. I've actually gotten some like money back from using it with the. Uh, I have eleven dollars of store credit. Not sure what to use it. I'm thinking there's a sale going on right now. I think there's like a some kind of sale, spring sale or something. But I feel like I always just see the same exact games on the sales all the time. Maybe for three months or so, you'll, you'll sort of see the same ones. They'll fall off. They'll come back. It's always like the same games on and sale. Then three months, you'll start getting some new titles. Yeah, that's true. So, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. As always, to the Duo Sense Podcast, I'm your host, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one, the truth, Johnny. Hey. All right. I think we got, we got to change Badger. You don't like being a Badger? Uh, let's go with a... It's because you're sneaky. Sneaky? You're mischievous, and like a Badger. Yeah, that's true. What about Raptor? Is that a little bit too like cocky? It's uh, yeah, it's more like like you get your nickname from other people. You don't come up with your own nickname. Uh, it's like like in like in like Top Gun Maverick where they all have like somewhat interesting call signs, but like you don't pick your call signs given to you. I don't know. I, Usually it's something funny, but nah. Sometimes you gotta disown a nickname. You want to be Raptor? No, no, no. That's too like like that's a too, bird or like the conceited. dinosaur. That's a little too conceited. Okay. Let's move on. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to give me some more suggestions. 
are. Oh, that's right. I don't. I don't look at. I lose. I use my phone now. Otherwise, the thing's gonna freeze. All right, Johnny. So we have three stories uh, this past week. We did our RE4 uh, spoiler class, a few, spoiler cast a few days ago, about a week ago. Now, so you guys can check that out if you're interested. So let's go with our first story here from WCCF Tech. There has to be. Uh, there has to be a better name than that for that website. There has to be. Uh, it says QLite PS5 handheld could launch this November alongside other Sony hardware. Uh, and the story comes from Alessio Palumbo. It says when renowned industry leakers started reporting on a new PlayStation, I cannot pronounce words, PlayStation handheld last week, the hopes of many disenfranchised Vita fans were suddenly rekindled. Unfortunately, it lasted only the span of a few days, with Tom Henderson confirming that the device codenamed QLite won't have much in common with the beloved Vita after all. Not only is it a cloud-only device, with no built-in rendering capabilities of its own, like the Logitech G Cloud and the Abixilu, whatever that is, but it's also limited to the PlayStation 5 ecosystem and specifically to remote play. That's something the PlayStation Vita could do, coupled with the PlayStation 4, of course, but the Vita also worked on its own. Additionally, these rumors allege that the QLite won't support other cloud services such as PCs GeForce Now, Game Pass Ultimate, Boosteroid, and the like, making it useless for any non-PS5 owners. It's possible that the device might eventually be hacked to make it compatible with PC cloud services. The Vita had a healthy homebrew scene, after all. But that's something that we'll only find out later down the road. Reception on this initial info dump has been mixed, to say the least. It sounds like we won't have wait we won't have to wait long to get the official announcement from Sony though. During yesterday's episode of the Iron Lord podcast, Tom Henderson said his sources believe the Q-Lite will be released this November alongside a slew of additional Sony hardware including the previously rumored PlayStation 5 console with a detachable disk drive, new earbuds, and new headsets. Later in the podcast, Henderson added some thoughts on the potential pricing. He prefaced all that with the disclaimer that he couldn't obtain the information. Still, he believes the Q-Lite should be seen as an accessory to the PS5 rather than a proper handheld. In that light, he reckons the device could retail for around $200 since it will just be a screen with a DualSense controller attached to it. Looking at other accessories released by Sony, the DualSense Edge controller is priced at $199. Of course, it doesn't have a screen or a battery, but it offers many extra functionalities over the regular DualSense, which is likely going to be the controller used in the Q-Lite. Even taking that into account, the device will still offer support for the haptic feedback and adaptive triggers features, which have often been Sony's unexpected ace in the sleeve when it comes to offering a better experience compared to games available on other platforms. While the reception of this upcoming PS5 hardware hasn't been enthusiastic, that could change depending on Sony's proper unveiling and especially its pricing. If the November target window is correct, and there's no reason to believe it wouldn't be since Henderson's sources have been spot on so far, we could hear about the Q-Lite in an official capacity in the next couple of months. Until then, stay tuned for further rumors and links. Johnny, I feel very conflicted on this. This is something that I think I would love and also hate at the same time. So while I try to sort my feelings, what are your initial uh, thoughts on this? 
I don't know what this thing is. Uh, initially, when I heard the news, I thought it was maybe a direct competitor to the uh, Nintendo Switch. No, no. It doesn't sound like that. No, it doesn't. So I thought it was somewhere between the Switch and the Microsoft uh, Series X S, right? Mm, I don't know. But it says it doesn't have any rendering capabilities. And now I'm thinking, is this just something like a glorified PlayStation control? Yeah, so it's not doing any like rendering like on the on the control or whatever itself. It's basically just streaming. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So it should be relatively cheap since it's not doing any like complicated task on its end. Yeah, but, but before it just feels so redundant. Yeah, this seems weird. Because um, I'm trying to think of scenarios where somebody would want to have this thing, right? So you have a you have a console in the living room. And mm-hmm. then what does it mean? Like a kid can pick up the control and then just go upstairs and then he can carry this device around the house like a, as if it was an iPad. And that he can play about right, yeah. He can play anywhere in the house and then the PlayStation is doing all the, the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. But why not just sit down in front of a Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, right? It's kind of confusing. It's like um, if it really... Well, maybe... I don't know because one of my friends... Uh, shout out to Miko. Uh, one of my friends, Miko, he uh, he would use the uh, the article mentions how Vita will allow you to like like basically play your PS4 as long as you have internet. He would do that a lot. He would uh he would set up his PS4 at home and then he would play take his Vita and play PS4 games where like on break at work or anywhere where he had like a he had like a Wi-Fi connection. So I don't know if this is the same thing where it's just like you have to be in proximity or if you can do it through Wi-Fi through the internet like tethered through the internet. But if it's like the ladder where how he could use it like through, I'm sorry, if it's like, yeah, if it's like the ladder where you can use it anywhere where there's a Wi-Fi connection and like activate the PS5 at home, I think that's kind of useful. I think that's kind of cool. But if it really is like you have to be within a certain amount of range, like in your household to use it, it really does seem like a very niche product for what's already a niche product, which is the PS5. Yeah. And also if you're playing, because if it's, if it's not rendering, right, and it doesn't have any games that are specific to that little device. It's only playing the games that are on your PS5. But if it has a tiny-ass screen, it's just an inferior experience. That is true. Why, the PS5 kind of... One of the big things about the PS5 is like the 4K, HDR, all this amazing stuff it can do, yeah. like visual-wise. Playing it on a small screen in your hands is like the worst possible way of experiencing that. Uh-huh. Like, why would you do that in the same household? Yeah, sure, you get the controls, but... Man, the enemies are going to be so much tinier. If you're playing Resident Evil on it, like, are you really going to feel the intensity? Or, right, you're going to have a, a menu screen that's really t- small. Like, it's it's odd. There's a lot of things going against it. The only good thing, and this is the part where I probably would use, if it's, like, priced at anywhere lower than 150 I might, I might snag it. For the only reason being, it's another controller. And also because I do, I do the thing where sometimes I do want to be in different rooms of the house. And I know it's really stupid, but like sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I, I want to play PS5 in the living room, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to bring all my equipment to the living room. I want to bring the console and everything. Cause I also play PS5 in my, my PS5 in my house is in my bedroom where I play. But like sometimes I, I just want to be on the couch instead of my bed. And I'm like, man, it'd be cool if I could just bring it over, but I want to set up the cables and stuff. Maybe, maybe I would set it up for that. Or I would use it for playing a game where like I've already beat this before. So I don't care about the visuals at this point, maybe. Okay. Like it's it's a very very niche very specific scenario where I would want this, but 
Yeah, for the I mean, it would have to be really cheap for me to be like, okay, I'll get it. The thing is, we're trying to box it up. At least I'm trying to I'm trying to box it in. Where is it like a switch type of thing? And is it doesn't seem like it is. Is it a is it a handhold like a Vita? Like I'm trying to box it in there, right? But what if it's something entirely different? Like it it could have some very interesting gimmick that we're not taking into account. Mm, like, but I have no idea what the, the hell that is. Like temperatures, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, let's just get into that. One. <laughs> All right. While we, uh, while Johnny tries to figure out how he's gonna box this in, we're gonna go to our next story, which is more PS5 hardware. This one probably even less useful than the Q Light, in my opinion. Oh, I'm bringing up the story this way. Less useful. Yeah, well, no, I'll, ex- I'll explain why. I'll explain. I'll explain why this is dumb. But anyways, uh, this article comes from PlayStationLifestyle.net. It says, Sony toying with temperature changing PlayStation controllers, written by Zarmenicon, which is such a cool sounding name. I like how that rolls, Zarmenicon, Zarmenicon. Imagine a PS5 controller that gets warm and cold in players' hands, depending on certain items they're interacting with in a game. That's the concept Sony has been toying with for nearly a decade at least. And according to a new patent filing, it still is. We are firmly in the camp of never say never, but patents hardly ever come to fruition. Nevertheless, it's interest to see that it's interesting to see that Sony's still fiddling with an idea that first popped up in 2012. Back then, Sony filed a patent that would make the PS3 move motion controller. So that's like the one with the looks like the has like the little ball at the end. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, become hot and cold depending on what's happening in the game. Now a newly published patent spotted by Xputer suggests that Sony's modified that Sony has modified its original idea. The new patent discusses a controller that contains a sensor with deformable elastic that detects users can contact with or deforming action of the elastic member and outputs an electrical signal based on the detected contact or deforming action in question. The controller will use gel-like flexible materials to quote and rich haptic experiences, end quote. So imagine picking up a block of ice in a game for whatever reason, and the controller triggering a response that makes it feel a bit cold to the touch. What do our readers think of this one? So, this seems like super gimmicky as heck. Like, really gimmicky. Um, do you really want a controller that's going to make your hands hotter? Like, that sounds like the worst experience. Like, I hate, like, I my hands get sweaty. Why would I want to increase the sweatage or whatever the sweatiness of my controller like and this just sounds like a bad idea like why would I, why would you ever want to hold a hot controller that's just bad i mean the cold thing would be interesting because my hands do get sweaty like i said so that cold thing would be cool but if it's only depending on what i'm doing in the game it doesn't sound that useful that practical how about you're playing resident evil and then you go into the freezer and then it gets cold suddenly Sure, I guess. I don't know. I, I I guess that's useful. I mean, this is kind of... It's kind of like when movies... Theaters were doing like the smell-o-vision thing where they would add smells to movies and stuff. Like, they would pump smells into the theater to, like... So you're in the movie, you know what I mean? It's just kind of... I get it's, like, immersion or whatever, immersive, whatever. It's just really... I think it's just... That's a... There's room for like a potential lawsuit or something here. Your controller overheats or something like, I don't know. There's probably like a cap at how hot it can get, but it just, 
It doesn't sound like something that most people would want. It sounds cool in theory, maybe, or on paper, but, like, it just sounds like a really bad idea. I think. And then also, again, this is just a patent. doesn't mean they're actually going to do it. A lot of companies cold. do this stuff. I just, I, just I just want the cold part of it. Like, the, ha, ah, okay, whatever. You can deactivate that portion. But the cooling sensation does sound legit. I had a PS2 controller, Johnny, that had a fan built in. Like, just do that then. No. Yeah. That's not the same experience. It's similar. I don't know. I, I think I think it's kind of silly. But sure. actually, yeah, if they want to integrate a fan, but it like shoots into your face, that'd be nice. That would be interesting. I don't know. That, that kind of would make more sense, actually. Because, again, you're playing a game. Let's say you're playing Horizon, and you jump into the pterodactyl, and then you just get that blast of air into your face. <laughs> that sounds great. It sounds cool. I guess it sounds kind of cool. It's just it's just so gimmicky sounding. It's like again, it's like the smellow thing I told you about. Are you talking about the fan or the the, the gust of wind? The gust of wind thing when I it think happens. That's awesome. That sounds great. I'm pretty good with the haptic feedback. Or Resident so. Evil, you get into the uh, into the minecart. You're going super fast. You get that gust of wind in your face. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds really cheesy. It sounds it just sounds silly to me. It just sounds silly to me. I mean, the controller, the controllers are already expensive as heck. Why would you? Oh, it's not going to create that much wind to begin with. But... Yeah, like why would you come up with like more variations of these controllers and like, cost more money? It just I don't know, man. It just seems like they're really out of touch with this stuff. Like, like yeah. I heard another podcast mention why not come up with a controller that has a longer battery life? Like that's what they need. <laughs> they need to focus on. Increasing the PS5 controller battery life because well, it is they have attachments. It's pretty bad. It needs to be longer than what it is. They so. have battery packs where you can attach the Do they? Already? Official ones? I don't know if they have one for that, but oh. you've seen those controls. We just slide it into the back. I haven't seen or the PS5 controller? I haven't actually, seen that. Yeah, but the controls are gonna cost more. Maybe. Obviously. No, it's obvious they're yeah. gonna cost more if you add a I would pay battery pack. I would pay more for a longer lasting controller, I would pay. That's something I would like. They need an R and D or do like market research and like that's something I would be willing to pay for. I think they just not need... a hot controller, right? That would actually take a lot of energy as well. Dude, imagine the controller battery's already battery life is already bad. Imagine like now you got the heat correct right? because it has to it has to get it from the battery. Like it's just gonna have an even shorter life. Like that's you made the problem worse. <laughs> The applications sound dope. You're playing Call of Duty. Shoot your gun for too long. It overheats. Hot. Yeah. Well, you get a flash of heat, and you're like, you shouldn't oh. feel that anyways, because you have like a hand guard and stuff. Anyways, okay, all right. It's it's okay. I, we'll just agree to disagree. I think it's dumb. You think it's cool. That's fine. I think it's cool. I just feel like yes, it's impractical. Okay, there we go. It's impractical. We'll we'll both agree on that. How about that? All right. Okay. All right, let's go to our final story here, our third story for this week. Uh, this one comes from PC Gamer. It says Redfall will only do 30 FPS on Xbox consoles, and people are starting to worry. Written by Andy Chalk. He says Arcane says a performance mode option enabling 60 FPS will be released later, but that won't help on launch day. Arcane's not left for dead co-op shooter. <laughs> I call it that. Arcane's not left for dead co-op shooter Redfall is set to arrive in less than three weeks. And the closer it gets, the more concerned I become. 
The latest bit of bad news arrived earlier today when developer Arkane Studios revealed that the Xbox versions of the game will be limited to 30 FPS at launch. Redfall is launching on Xbox consoles with quality mode only. The studio said that via the official Redfall Twitter account. 60 FPS performance mode will be added via game update at a later date. In practical terms, that means Redfall is trading speed is trading speed for looks. It will run at 4K, 30 FPS on the Xbox Series XS, I'm sorry, Series X, while Series S consoles will handle it at 1440p, 30 FPS. There's no indication as to when the later date for the performance mode option will be. I'll stipulate that video games are perfectly playable at 30 FPS. If you've been around as long as I have, you've almost certainly played at least a few of them at even lower frame rates. But in this day and age, with the capabilities of modern game consoles being what they are, there's really no good excuse for a game not to run at least at 60 FPS. And especially not in FPS, here he means like a uh, first person shooter, where frame rate has a far more pronounced impact on gameplay than it does in, say, an RTS. Absolutely. Real time strategy. Needless to say, the reaction to the news has not been good. First impressions are everything, Expert Penguin tweeted. This is not going to be a good first impression for an online co-op shooter to launch with hard code latency issues. Nobody wants to play a slideshow shooter on a gamepad in 2023. Nobody, Foxhound said. This is not a Souls game where every attack takes 25 seconds. It's a fast-paced game and needs 60 FPS minimum. Always, always, always prioritize frame, prioritize frame rate. I was never someone who really cared about specs on a game, but as time went on, 60 FPS sort of became a standard of what should be a smooth experience. Mobster Matt tweeted. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. And yes, there's a pretty ugly ratio. Look at the number of replies. Uh... Oh, to the tweet. There's like a lot. There's like 5,000 replies to the tweet. Despite the proximity of Redfall's release, it's set to launch on May 1st. There are also widespread calls to delay the game until the 60 FPS mode can be implemented. But Redfall has already been delayed once. It was originally supposed to arrive in the summer of 2022, but in May of that year it was delayed into the first half of 2023, which was nailed down to May 1st in January. At this point, there's no indication that Bethesda is considering another delay. This isn't the first significant knock against Redfall. In February, an FAQ revealed the game will require a persistent online connection. Even in single-player mode, game director Harvey Smith later said that Arkane was looking into dropping that requirement. But like the 60 FPS mode on consoles, that won't happen until after the game is out. Uh, our pre-release impressions of Redfall weren't great either. We called it a sad stumble from Arkane in our March preview with limp combat in a lifeless world. And very little that appeared interesting in any way. It's possible that we didn't see the best it had to offer during our hands-on time with it, but it's definitely not a great start. Even the launch window looks a little iffy. Redfall will arrive just a few days after the highly anticipated Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yes. Which will likely cast a long shadow. And less than two weeks before The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I think it's kind of pointless though. Because like those three games are nothing to like. So it seems like a weird uh, thing to point out. Anyways, Arcane hasn't released the PC system requirements yet. So we have no way of knowing what hardware will be needed. Or how we can expect it to perform on different loadouts. I think it's safe to assume that Redfall on PC will be capable of, of achieving 60 FPS and that will be the optimal platform to play it on at launch. But these last minute stumbles have left a hint of justifiable nervousness in the air. Is Redfall being sent out to die? I reached out to Bethesda to ask about Redfall's performance on PC and the possibility of a delay and will update if I receive a reply. So that's not me. That's the author, Andy Chalk, uh, saying that. 
Johnny, 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 Johnny. Uh-huh. Thoughts on a game that probably neither of us wasn't going to play anyways, but. Uh, well, I said months ago that this game wasn't going to be it. Did you but, say that months ago? Uh, yeah, I okay. did. I'll take because, your Well, for one, I, I, I didn't think it was interesting, the concept, right? Sure. Well, actually, when the, fir- when the concept was first introduced, I was like, okay, cool, a vampire. And then I was like, nah, this is Bethesda. There's no way this is going to deliver with great polish, right? Bethesda and, the develop- is not the developer. They're the publisher. The developer is Arcane, who does like the- And then the leaks came out, and I was like, oh, this this looks terrible. But okay, they're just leaks. It's, you know, this could be like six months ago or a year ago, whatever. We'll just give it some time. And then we saw the gameplay, and then I told you, like, nah, this looks like a glorified Fortnite. Textures ain't textures don't look good the world looks empty the walls don't look like there's been a c- catastrophe right here it doesn't look all that interesting uh that's enemies, why i'm not that's why i'm not even interested in the game man. it just doesn't it doesn't grab my interest whatsoever go ahead the enemies they have like some lev- levitating skinny dudes with a like jacket i think it was and some brutes and you're in these like little tiny areas where the combat doesn't look just just doesn't look satisfying the guns look okay actually but yeah anyways I said it was Bethesda, and then you said it's Arcane, but then... So Deathloop and, like, you know, those guys. Although this is a different team. This is a different team that did Deathloop. This is, I think, uh, Arcane Canada or Arcane Quebec. I forgot which one. It's a different team than the one that did Deathloop, but it's the same develop. Yeah, it's same under the same, under the same control. And then I keep telling you, like, Starfield is going to have the same damn issues. It's always that Bethesda pedigree. I don't, I don't think so. I, de- I think Starfield is way more important of a game. And I think Xbox, Microsoft knows that it's an important game. And I feel like they've delayed that game, what, twice at this point? And I think it's for polish. Because I think they said, like, the game's pretty much done already. They're just polishing, polishing, polishing. I agree that it's a much more important game, Starfield. But what's more important, Starfield or Halo? And what happened to Halo? No, yeah. Yeah, but it fell apart. I think those were different reasons, though. That shit fell on its face. It wasn't like, oh, it doesn't look good. That was just a different issue with, like... Uh... No, it did not look good. Oh, the, yeah, the first time around. You're right, I'm sorry. What's the ta- name, Craig? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm thinking of the Halo issues after with, like, not enough content in the season because, stuff. Because we did get those trailers that looked very good, right? Where it's ha- with Chief and, I don't know, the little sidekick or whatever. And they're Cortana? Up in... No, no. Little sidekick. Uh, the Hispanic dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, the, and they're the up ship. in space, mm-hmm. and it looks good. And I'm, like, looking at the CGI, I'm like, damn, that looks pretty dope. Mm-hmm. And then we got the gameplay. And With it was Craig. trash. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, okay, they've made some patches. It's better. But then the people were like, where the fuck are their updates? Like, we're not getting new maps. Like, where's where's all the stuff that they promised, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like that cycle has just been really lagging. So if they drop the ball on their, their flagship IP, that's Halo, like, what do you expect out of Starfield? You think it's going to be better than what they did to they butchered halo dude no i guess no i don't know that's a tough one um hmm yeah i don't know uh i'm not interested in redfall whatsoever just the whole vampire ghostbusters kind of thing doesn't really scratch an inch for me and then like yeah i guess i could see your point with in terms of like halo is like xbox royalty and that's still kind of they still kind of fumble the ball with it i think i i just think at this point microsoft knows they have to really prove themselves they've had too many blunders too many like 
of these situations. Like, I feel like Starfield is because it's done done by Bethesda in house. Like, I feel like that's gonna be like the quality. I know not quality in terms of you think of like jank, but I mean quality in terms of like this is a complete product kind of way. But as far as Redfall not doing, I was one of those people before who's like, oh, I don't see a difference between thirty FPS and I was like very like FPS like agnostic. I guess you could say. Having played only 60 FPS games now on PS5 with Returnal and Elden Ring and all these other, like, and Resident Evil Village especially, like, I see the 30 FPS, like, now, like, when I see certain games running on 30 FPS, like, that I've I've played at 60, and I'm like, oh, the difference is, like, day and night. Like, it looks, like, it looks, like, clunky. It's kind of like if all your life you just saw standard, and then someone gave you glasses, and you see everything in the high def, and like, oh, my God, like, was I really... all out of Plato's Cave. Like, the, like, oh my god, the allegory of the cave. Yeah, it's like, like this is what the real world was, not the shadows on uh, the wall of the cave. <laughs> Something, yeah, it's very. I don't know if I would put make it so profound that way. <laughs> I think that's to do with more like your entire like world view. But I mean, like, it, yeah, it's some, I guess in a funny way, it is kind of like that where you're like, like I can't believe this whole time I was seeing standard when like I just needed high def like glasses or whatever like for 2020 mm-hmm. vision. So. um yeah, I think especially like I, that tweet that mentioned like the, like this isn't an RTS or RPG like this is a first person shooter like latency and like multiplayer like you have to have sixty FPS you just have to at thirty like that's just not that's that's unacceptable I think so um, never mind the whole like you have to be online for single player mode which I think is dumb to begin with but a lot of games kind of have that already so. That's not a not for single player. That's crazy. Some games do have that for single player. I think you couldn't play the Avengers game like offline. Oh I think. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no, actually that's not true. I think you can. I'm thinking of a different one. Yeah, but it's crazy that they would. Oh, consider... dude, when I couldn't play uh, Need for Speed, one of the Need for Speed games required an online connection just to do the story mode. That was dumb. Yeah, that was like eight years ago. So it's not that weird. It's just silly, but yeah, like, Microsoft, everyone over there, they need to like step it up. Like, how are you gonna have like these consoles? You have a xbox series x like a 500 dollar console and then like you're not doing 60 fps like what yeah what? that's that's what? part of the stuff that i sent you uh to give this article context a lot of people were just trying to convey the idea that xbox is no longer prioritizing their consoles it's all about game pass but because they want to push game pass they end up prioritizing pc you know there's a lot of games that are coming out for PC where they do end up having like the full yeah uh, for sure this is visual be, experience yeah, for sure the, Redfall will be 60 FPS I imagine on PC yeah so I don't know like it's it's it is kind of a slap in the face that you buy an Xbox you buy that $500 console and then these people over here with PCs are getting the full experience. And you're over here on Xbox just waiting for all these patches and these upgrades. Well, I mean, at least you're getting 4K, so that's something. That's something. I mean, the Series S is even doing 4K, right? It's doing 1440, which is, like, actually 2K, right? That's, like, the equivalent yeah. of 2K? Right. 1440p, yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, there's a difference between the X and the S, but, like, you would think even on the X, you would you would get the full package, I think, so... No, surprising, absolutely. Surprising that should be the, the primary device that you should go to, to play these games, right? Exactly. And I get it. Like, we've been talking about for a long time how like the console, the Series X and S are not meant to be like the be all end all for Microsoft, right? Game Pass is like their main money maker, and then like the consoles are kind of just like an accessory at this point. But it's just I don't know. It just sends the wrong message to people who invested with the consoles. It like like sorry, 
if you really want the best experience, like you're gonna have to migrate a PC probably, and that's yeah. kind of, that's just that's very unfortunate. So, um. but anyways, Johnny, uh, that's enough on Redfall. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty much all the stories we've had. Not much has happened this past week. Other, I think we talked about the we talked about the death of E3 last when we did the last episode, two episodes back already. So there hasn't been too much stuff in the Aether kind of in terms of game news. So, uh, what do you have for us? Well, you didn't get around to the state of play. Uh, state of play. I didn't watch it. Yeah, for Final Fantasy 16 because I'm already sold on it. I I don't have to watch anymore. I just at this point, just give me the game. Just give me the game. But go I, ahead. Go ahead. I understand. I understand. Like why you wouldn't want to watch it, but I did see it. It's only 20 minutes, and it's it's stunning, dude. Like I saw the previous trailers, mm-hmm. and those are amazing. But the stuff that they show you here is a little more in depth with like the rpg elements okay they go into the combat they go into it's in real time right like you're like moving around and attacking at the same time as you're pressing the that, buttons, right? that's what's impressive because i thought seven uh remake was gonna be that thing that got me into this series back again right because i played seven back on the the ps the old ps days right mm-hmm. and i was like maybe this is gonna get me back into final fantasy and i can also get into like heavy rpgs like you're into mm-hmm and seven just didn't do it for me i i still need to give it another try that's a, unfortunate a third try seven is amazing but all right so yeah seven remake is amazing I, I forgot that I, I have to jump on that again for a third or fourth try for i forgot but this combat is intense dude because it's very close it's very in your face it's very intimate and it's it's not it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a slash and then a dash. That that it's not just as simple as that. Like it feels very deep. The combat feels deep, and the scale of the monsters is is wild, dude. Because there's like your typical battles, and then you have the like you have your big monster battles, and those feel like Shadow of the Colossus in scale. Yeah, with like the big summons, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. They started. They started doing that with um, with Final Fantasy Thirteen is when they started doing like the big old like your part your character versus like a like Megazord sized boss creature. Like they started. Uh, it feels like Godzilla versus Kong. It's, it's just... oh, because you also have your own summons and stuff. Yeah. right? yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I'm saying, when they started introducing like these giant creatures that could be rendered at the same time as your character on screen, it's like that's when they started doing that with like Thirteen, I think from there on like uh-huh. 15 does that a lot 15 has a lot of like a one of the the the, op, the hardest optional boss in the game is basically a mountain tortoise thing that takes up the entire screen like mm-hmm. way more than the screen and like you're just you're just like a tiny little flea like hacking away at its limbs like doing damage over hours so yeah. well it was it was very impressive they also have um they showed gameplay of i don't want to get get around the chocobos chocobos yeah. yeah they got the chocobos running around and they also fly a little bit, like they glide to their location. Yeah, they have like short wings; they can't like fly properly. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out the state of play for today. I just didn't want to watch it because I also don't want to be spoiled about the story. I kind of want to just. Do they show a lot of story stuff, or is it mostly just game, like physical like gameplay? It shows you your companions, and you can manage your companions. You can tell them what to do. Yeah, you don't control them directly. You're like you can't switch characters. Like you're basically kind of just micromanaging. I think I saw three or four of them, and then you also have like your dog, your little yeah, wolf, dog, wolf. Yeah, yeah. So you give him commands, and I think they need to work on the dog a little bit more because because he like jumps in and he bites or he scratches or whatever, but it doesn't look all that fluid. 
So maybe just 20% more work on the combat and the animations and maybe the aesthetic. Maybe, because you don't see like all the fur or whatever. His fur just looks matted or whatever. But it's it's a small gripe. It's, it's nothing. Okay. Um, so even if you're not going to get this, uh, the audience, if you're not going to get this game... Just look at it just for the visuals. It's, it's very impressive. I would feel like I'll probably do like a demo or something around release, maybe. They might um, just do that. They might do that just to give people a chance to to try it out. Yeah. Because they did that with Forspoken, too, remember? They, gave, they put out a demo for Forspoken. Oh, and that went bad. Yeah. But, I mean, this looks better than Forspoken, so I don't think that would be an issue. So, also, uh, there is uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm very interested how this is going to do. They're dropping the same year, right? It's they're around the same time, not the same year, but around like the same season, I think. I forgot. Tears of Kingdom is next year? No, Tears of Kingdom is like next month? Yeah. Or the month after? I forget. No, it's the end of May, I think, right? So the most Final Fantasy dropping. Around the same time. Around the same time. Yeah, it's the same year, right? You keep saying the same year. Yeah, it's the same year. Yeah, yeah. 2023. That's what I mean. But like around this, I don't know. If it's, I think they're like within a month of each other. So, well, that's. I think this game is just gonna destroy Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think so. I, I haven't. Played you you it, underestimate so. the loyalty of the Nintendo fan base, especially for Zelda. No, I, I agree with that. I agree. They're very passionate about their their games. There's I th- in the gaming sphere. I don't think there's anybody more passionate than Zelda fans. I don't I don't think so. You're you'll be hard pressed to find people who care more about a single game than Zelda fans, but go ahead. More so Zelda fans are stronger than Final Fantasy? Oh for sure. Oh you for think sure. So? Yeah. They're a very, very passionate bunch over there. Okay. Uh this is a tangent, but uh Zelda, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts. What? Who be who wins out? Like which what? which one sells more? Which fans are more like ready to fight? Ah, uh, shoot, I don't know. I can tell you, it's oh man, all of those are have extremely strong fandoms. In that case, I think it comes down between Zelda and Kingdom Hearts. Okay, like Final Fantasy has its fans, but Kingdom Hearts fans are ravenous. Like they're 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 the ones who buy like the merchandise. They're the ones who buy like. Who listen to like the theme songs on Spotify over and over? Like they're a very hardcore bunch. I don't know if they're more hardcore than the Zelda fans. Um, I can tell you, the Kingdom Hearts fans are probably more toxic than the Zelda fans. Really? Yeah, there's like they. I, I well, tell me about. This. I think a lot of Kingdom hey, Hearts it sounds like you have battle scars. Not battles. <laughs> a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans, like when it comes to like speculation and like about certain characters, like they're just like very negative about like oh i think this character is gonna end up with this character and like no like you're stupid go kill yourself like yeah they're they're very hardcore and like it's weird because i feel like half of the fan base doesn't even like the games like the way they talk about the game like they're just always crapping on all of them Uh and it's like are you sure you like this thing that you claim to like because you seem to be very negative about it and Mm -hmm. like there's that adage about like no one cares more about something than the people who hate it because like they're the ones who like you know uh, or, like, people talk about Star Wars. They say no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And that's because of, like, you know, the legacy. And you care about it so much that you protect it almost, right? And when things don't go the way you want them to, then you're, like, angry about it, right? So, like... Yeah. That's totally understandable. But that applies, that applies, I think, to every fan. I think that applies to everything outside of Star Wars, too. But in this case, Kingdom Hearts fans are very much like that. Where, like, 
the fans are the ones who crap on the games and crap on Sora and crap on him for being wimpy and all that stuff. But like, really? But you're about the games though. Like you love the games, or else you wouldn't be talking about them, right? Like, right? You wouldn't invest all this energy if you didn't care. So hmm. it, it's weird. Um, Zelda fans aren't really toxic. I know there's like divisions within them because a lot. A big thing in the Zelda fandom right now is that they don't like how this game is basically just more Breath of the Wild because every Legend of Zelda game is distinctly different or like they're like not related or they are related or loosely related, but like it's a different aesthetic, different setting each time. Tears of the Kingdom is very much a sequel to Breath of the Wild and a lot of fans didn't like the changes that Breath of the Wild did with like the open world, the breakable weapons, I had to constantly get new weapons. The, a, oh, lot of, that a lot of Zelda fans did not like all the changes from Breath of the Wild, so it's like, oh, the next game is just going to be more of the same? Like, ugh. While some people are like, this is like their first Zelda game, they're like, yeah, like, I love Breath of the Wild, like, let's do more of this. So, like, it's kind of like an old guard versus the new fans kind of thing, so... That's how I am with Final Fantasy, because like we talked about how Final Fantasy has not been turn-based in years, and I'm like, I'm one of yes. those... See, I'm, that brings me in. I'm one of those old-school guys where I'm like, I love turn-based. Like, why are you doing this? But, like, it's Final Fantasy. Of course I'm going to buy it. So, uh-huh. so yeah, I think I think, I think think Zelda fans are more passionate, but I do think Kingdom Hearts fans are more uh, negative overall. So Okay. Well, between, um, between Breath of the Wild and Aura... Uh, whatever kingdom tears of the kingdom whatever and uh final fantasy you i mean I, easily it's gonna be one of those it's gonna be game of the year you know oh we, for we sure have, we yeah have other it's... games that are, are gonna be right oh, there dude, but if those are like top three right there yeah uh tears of the kingdom yeah thinking of who's gonna be it's gonna be re4 remake Tears of the Kingdom. I wouldn't include remakes for Game of the Year, but uh, okay. No, but that's like if we're going by the official like the Game Awards Game of the Year, I'm telling you like those are probably gonna be the nominees. It's RE4 remake uh-huh. because it is a from the top to the bottom remake. Like it's not just a remaster. I think they're gonna give it the like it's different enough. You know what I'm saying? I don't like even it, though it's but not. Okay. But I know, I know. It just needs a new category. Final Fantasy 16. And if it comes out this year, I don't know for sure if it's coming out this year. Uh, the se- the next uh, Final Fantasy VII part, uh, Re- Rebirth, which is sp- sl- slated for winter 2023, could go into January of next year. Uh-huh. But if we get that game this same year, I think, I think the the fan base is going to be evenly split between sixteen and seven Rebirth, and I think it's probably going to go to either RE4 or Tears of the Kingdom. Because there's a game. Uh, that I'm anticipating, and I think it, they said they came out last year because we got the little clip from last year, and that game is Pragmata. Still don't know what the hell that is, but that would pr- that's probably not coming be out my this year. Personal game of the year. I don't think it's coming out this year because we have not heard a single thing about it at all. No, since like it was announced like years ago at this point. Well, there was that thing from last year. Remember, it was it's like little, when the girl holds up the sign. Yeah, it was it was great. That's a that great looks really good. Looks very game. impressive. But like it was like de- oh sorry, it's been delayed or whatever. Yeah, it's this little girl on a seat, and then like it zooms out. It's, like it's little, from her face, and it zooms out to little the little title card thing. This is uh, like apologies or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't think we're seeing that game this year. I'm gonna tell you right now. I know we're still like what in the first third of the year, right? April, right? We're like a third of the way through the year. We haven't heard anything about it. I don't expect that to show up this year. They, they have to say something in the next two months or so. Within, by E3 season, even though it's not E3, just that season, which is like June-ish. Yeah. I yeah. think so. So, um, 
but yeah yeah uh i think tears of the kingdom is obviously going to be i'm going to say now it probably will be i think it's going to be game of the year just because I don't know that's one of the that game has been for the last four years been like the most anticipated every year it's gotten the most anticipated game like award for the last four years <laughs> like it is it is like the elder ring situation where like people are just dying for that game and like it's gonna do bonkers numbers anyways i think it'll be final fantasy i would love for it to be a final fantasy but i'm biased towards final fantasy so but i, I, I just I think- want it to be final fantasy i think it will but it's so close. Tears of the Kingdom. I think it's right there, right behind. Oh, dude, it. we don't even know what's coming out yet. Like in the second half of this year. Yeah, that's why I can't say. There's anything. so much. I just, I just don't think it's Pragmata. I don't think that's coming out this year. I just don't think so. But I could be wrong. It could come out like in December or something. So who knows? But, um, anyways, Johnny, yeah, go ahead. What is your? Uh, do you have anything else? Another section? Anything else? Well, there's a. Uh, what have you been playing? You know, we. I been- haven't. Uh, I told you this before we started. I haven't been playing anything at all. I haven't played anything this past week. Uh, other than Resident Evil 4, I was trying to reduce my um, speed run time. I got it down now to like nine hours, but I know I can do better than that. Nine hours for a speed run? Yeah. I think you can, there's a... you can To get S+, plus, S++ or whatever, on professional, you have to do it in less than five hours. I don't know how to do that with the resources. I know there's a specific... like You're supposed to play different playthroughs of the game to unlock different all locks that you then carry over into the professional run yeah i, I wouldn't do that just, but i don't think that's fine that's just a lot of a lot of work so i'm kind of lazy but i really haven't been playing anything this past week i'm i'm kind of just conserving my gaming uh and en- i don't know if you want to say energy but like i'm conserving my gaming habits for uh star wars jedi survivor later this month i think you're in a odin mode odin mode he just goes to sleep. Oh, the Odin sleep? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Char- charging my fingers for uh, Jedi Survivor because I know that game's going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, I think next week? Is that because it come out the 20th? Or Star Wars is next week? Is is Survivor next week? Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. I want to look at my... I don't want to look here. Let me look on my phone. I think it comes out... I know it's this month. I just don't remember if it's the 20th or the 27th. I'm hoping it's the 20th. If it's, dude, if it's not the 20th, I'm going to get the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters, which do come out on PlayStation 4 on the 20th. Of, so next week. Uh, Jedi. Is it going to look, because I haven't seen the trailers for that. Does it look anything like uh, Octopath or Traveler? No. I wish it looked that good. No. It's just like a 2D regular. Uh, they just, the sprites are just like high def. They're a little cleaner. Mm-hmm. They're cleaner than the original ones. And the text is like smaller. Uh ah shoot, it's April twenty eighth. So that's like two weeks from now. Dang, I was hoping this was next week already. Yeah, that's that's another impressive game. Star April twenty eighth. So two weeks from tomorrow. Sucks. I don't know why you don't want a pod racer game. I don't understand it. Cause it's I don't like racing that much. It doesn't even matter. It's just a. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just not the racing guy. Even if it's a, a pod even, racer, and then you can create your own pod race. Even like, if it's a race, even if it's you racing, can paint it, you can add like the little tethers to it, the little the it, the turbines. Oh my god! Like if it was all custom, that'd be nuts, dude. Even if it's not, even if it is racing, it's not enough for it to be Star Wars. But speaking of Star Wars, Johnny, great segue by the way. 
not related to video games really, but just because we don't have much, there's not much else to talk about. Well, actually, let me tell you. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. That's right. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. What have you been playing? Uh, Resident Evil. <laughs> More Resident Evil? <laughs> well, they dropped the Mercenaries, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I haven't played it yet. Yeah. So uh, there was Resident Evil beat that. And I was like, I don't want to test this. Like, I, I want to give it another round, you know? Mm. But I just want a little chill. Because also the thing is, when you go onto YouTube, they'll tell you all the little tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in Resident Evil, it's really dope that you have. I saw you can get like SS S plus plus super easy with Hunk. You're just like, oh, I saw it with a. You're just snappy necks, basically. I saw it with a <laughs> Luis. Oh, okay. Uh, you drop his uh, grenade TNT, his or... TNT, and yeah. just shoot it, and you get to like two hundred thousand in no time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I, I want to play the story again. But once you go to YouTube, they tell you all the little tiny secrets. Mm-hmm. Like one of the secrets is a lot of these cutscenes are real time. You know, yeah, they don't pause you and not let you do anything. Like they do, they do do that. But right before the cutscene, you can have an enemy that's really gonna fuck with you, right? And oh, it's gonna yeah. change the entire level design. But I see, yeah. right before the cut, you can shoot an RPG and that guy's dead, and, and the cutscene's over. Everything is over. You just go, you just go across the bridge and you pick up the item and you're done with it. I saw that for um, someone did like a quick like how to beat uh, Menendez or whatever, Torres Menendez, whatever, uh-huh. in like less than like five seconds. Yeah. And you basically what you do is you set up the those mine the bo- the bolt yep. thrower with the mines, yep. like. On the wooden beam from where he hangs, and on the place where he's standing when the ma- when the battle starts, yeah, you shoot the th- like three on each one, and then you start the cutscene. So as soon as the, as the cutscene ends, he just explodes, goes into the second phase, and then explodes again on the wooden beam, and he's, and he's done. Uh huh. So I'm like, damn, like people are like efficient with like these speed runs, where like they're finding all these secrets. I saw that one where like you can shoot the bell that ends the village fight earlier. Yeah. So, like, if you don't want to deal, like, I think it's, like, With five. the chainsaw guy? Yeah, you can just shoot the belt, and they automatically, like, that's cool that you can do that. because It's it, great. It's so detailed. Because it makes sense. Like, they yeah. hear the bell, and you're shooting the bell. They hear the ring. They're going to associate the bell, like, oh, it's time to go to church or whatever, uh-huh. right? So, I think that's really cool that, like, that actually works in-game, like, physically. The logic makes sense. Yeah. I saw some other ones with, um, shoot, what was the other one? Oh, where you can, like, you know how you're on the gates of the castle? How you can like skip entire parts by like getting in a corner and shooting like the the counterweight, you know the little yellow counterweights to lower like doors and bridges. Mm-hmm. The, it's like a little yellow metal cage thing you can shoot. It's a little nutsack. Yeah, it looks kind of like a nutsack. Yeah, but like there are certain parts in like certain areas where like you can like kind of like lean against the door and enough of that thing is sticking out where you can shoot it and you just skip an entire like five minutes of like going all the way around and doing all the crap or whatever. Yeah. So there's like a lot of efficient like little cut like little short little short cuts you can take in the game which is like i love that stuff like when they find like in speed running communities where like you just find shortcuts that just cut down the overall time and just make it way more efficient like, mm-hmm. i think that stuff is really cool yeah so i've been i'm big getting those youtubes and i'm gonna like learn those before i go into the story mode again mm-hmm. uh but i did try mercenaries mercenaries is it's not what i was expecting is that good or bad uh i guess it's more on the bad side Uh-oh. uh oh uh but that that might be my impression because I thought it was more like RE5, right? I love the multiplayer for RE5, and this is not like that. Yeah, it's more like the Mercenaries mode with the original Resident. It's Evil very 4. arcadey. That's what it feels like. Which is what the original Resident Evil Four Mercenaries was to begin with. Yeah, so you pick your level, you pick your character. That seems obvious. You jump in, and then 
they just throw enemies at you. Yeah. And then you're in this little tiny level and you got to pick them off. You go collect some time. You collect uh, power-ups, right? Because everybody has a special move. Sure. Uh, everybody has a specific set of guns. Mm-hmm. And, load out. Yeah. and then you shoot them. You shoot them in the head. You might get like 20 seconds to your counter. Or uh, you get a uh, combos. So if you wait too long, you lose your combo. Obviously. I like how it shows you now the little bar. Like it depletes as the combo like starts to run out. Because in the other ones, in the past Resident Evil games, like the numbers started blinking in your combo. Yeah, you had no idea how much time you had left. Oh. But here, I don't know if you noticed, when you have the combo, like the meter, the number, yeah. whenever you renew it, there's like a little bar that fills up. Yeah, yeah. And it starts draining again until the combo ends. Uh-huh. So you have a visual aid to tell you like, oh, like you better kill someone within the next few seconds or you're about to lose it. No, yeah, it's great. Uh, well, the cool thing about it is in the level, you can often find these little pockets of resistance for your for your character because often you have all these ganados running around chasing you and you're like i don't know where the fuck to go right but at some point once you've collected all the time you've collected all the the Mm power-ups you're like okay this is this is the last stand so you can find a a little corner on top of a building where you know they they have no way to get up there except through one way like through a window like when you funnel funnel them through a ladder in the barn or something yeah 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 so that's your last stand you know like i'm not gonna connect collect any more uh ammunition unless i drop it from them and they can only come one way and if i hold them back enough they're gonna cluster and then i can use a grenade and they that'll give me a ton of time a ton of ammo yeah because if you kill the enemy you you kill an enemy i think you get like two or three seconds right added to the clock yeah yeah yeah, so that's more of a, a harvest mode when you find those little pockets. Mm-hmm. So it is fun. The combat is fun. The enemies are fun. It's just that you only have like a... There's like four levels, you know? And they're they're pretty short. The gameplay can range from like five minutes yeah, to ten it, minutes. Yeah, it ends after you've killed either you die or you get picked up or if you kill all 150 enemies on a stage. Yeah, and I always die from some stupid reason. It's like I'm doing great and then i make one mistake and i just die instantly it's never I, like oh i'm getting like yeah I'll, i'm getting low i gotta find health i run away it's always like perfection and then i just screw it up i was watching i wasn't playing this but i was watching my friend my good friend angel i was over at his house uh, over the weekend and i saw him play the mercenaries mode and he had his fo- he had the volume down on the screen because he was on a I think he was playing but he was on the phone at the same time he was like doing like the you know the shoulder phone thing while you're playing, and he lowered the volume so he could like talk while he was playing and because he lowered the volume he didn't hear the chainsaw woman behind him mm. and he got instantly like no chance for like recovery he just got instantly impaled with the chainsaw and like yeah. and he was on a streak he had like a high like a sixty plus combo going. And you just hear him go like, no. That's <laughs> good. 60 is good. Because he, he lost the combo because he wasn't paying. He was like looking at the enemies in front of him. He's like, oh, if I get hit from behind, like it'll just be a hit. But like she exe- she just straight up executed him with the chainsaw. Like, yeah. So that kind of sucked. So, yeah, uh, I do recommend it. You should give it a try. It's just that it feels very, uh, once you play one character, one level, that's you get an impression for what everything else is, right? Yeah. The only real difference is, is going to be the guns and the, the specials. Oh, I would say the map yeah. layout, but yeah. Yeah, the map, but there's only like four maps. Is it three? Isn't it the castle, the village, and the island? Is there a fourth one? Yeah. No, you're right. There's four characters. Yeah, four characters, yeah. Krauser, Luis, Hung, and Leon. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. I, I thought I saw the characters, but that might have Is it Krauser? Or I think, no, yeah, Krauser, right? Yeah, it's Krauser. Am I forgetting someone? 
Oh, is Wesker in it too or no? Or is that in there yet? Damn, you get a... Louise... Get Leon, Louise, Krauser, Hunk. and Hunk. Yeah, so no Wesker four. then. Not yet. Nah. Okay. I was a little bit confused because I did see Wesker, but that could be PC. Oh, okay. Where they do the, the mods. Mods, okay. Yeah, dude, so... have you seen the mods for some of these like characters? They're hilarious, They're dude. Wild. Yeah. Some of them are really funny. Like I saw one where... Um, they modded, uh, they made Ashley's outfit like really, really skimpy for some reason. Mm-hmm. And like with exact, for some reason. F- with really exaggerated like breasts and everything. Yeah. And it's like the scene where like Leon picks her off the altar to go get like the electric, the little like removal of the parasite. Uh huh. And so you just see like he like lays her down on the table and her like her boobs are all like jiggly and then like the thing, the electricity thing starts and she's like squirming so they move even more. <laughs> it's just, it's just so like, it's just it's an unintentionally it's it's really funny when it's supposed to be like a serious moment. Yeah. But it's just really funny. And so there's a lot of funny mods. I've seen some other ones too. I think they for some reason they I saw someone do a mod where they added back uh Salazar's hat, the little tricorn hat. They put okay. it back in the game for some reason. Yeah, they saw... swap out the Verdugos for like uh some funny character from like I think it was like Shrek or something, like you're being chased by like I saw the one where um they make Ashley like really, really big. And it's the scenes where Ashley keeps jumping out the window and he keeps catching her. <laughs> and then eventually he just gets tired of it. <laughs> so he just takes a rocket launcher. He takes a rocket launcher. He just blows her up. <laughs> <laughs> There's some clever ones. There's some clever ones. But... but they do good edits. It's not just the mods. It's the way that the people. Oh, like like the Mass Effect they Austin Powers the ones effects. I sent you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. That's how we deal. That's funny. Uh, so... Anyway, so yeah, I haven't played anything. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, I told you earlier I'm making a Star Wars mood. I've been watching, obviously, Mandalorian, which had like one of the best episodes of the season just this this week. Uh, watching Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, because a lot of the stuff they announced at Celebration uh, this past weekend seems to be like it's going to tie in into Rebels and stuff. So I have to watch it to watch Ahsoka, to watch... Uh, the movie that they announced it's gonna like tie like Ahsoka with like Mandalorian and all that stuff. They're gonna tie up all that stuff. So there's a lot of Star Wars stuff that was announced this past weekend, and so I'm back in my Star Wars mode. I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan, so I like saying I quit Star Wars. Hmm? It's it feels satisfying to say I quit Star Wars. Like I still you keep up with Star it. Wars. I still keep up with like okay, what's going is on? This is like an elitist kind of like like smug like I quit Star Wars. Like, I don't know. I feel. Oh, what's the word? Reformed? Is that the correct? I don't know. Reformed is kind of a neutral thing. It's like, it's like I quit just... a, I quit smoking. That's what it feels like. Oh, okay. It's, like, um, it's quit, over. You quit a cold turkey. It doesn't have a hole on you anymore. I'm just walking away into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, of course, I still keep up like, okay, what, what are the new shows? What's the drama? What are the characters? So I just quit like, I guess like I stopped caring. Okay. But I'm not sure. Like, I still care, obviously, because I'm following it to a degree. I forgot which one. Is it the MCU or Star Wars that you are more adamant about not caring about? Star it? Wars. Okay. So you kind of care about the MCU sort of still. I have as much hope for the MCU as I do Star Wars. But I just, I guess I just decided to quit Star Wars first. And Damn. the MCU is coming up. I'm just going to, like, leave that alone. Oh, man. I don't think I could ever quit Star Wars. I love it too much. It's Star Wars for me, I have a huge nostalgia for because my dad 
uh, Caesar, he would show. We had the old VHS tapes of like A New Hope and Empire and Jedi, and like I grew up watching those movies with Jeremy. Also, like Star Wars is an integral part of like my not just the way I view the world in terms of like shades of gray and like spirituality, but Star Wars is just it's just such a big part of like even my morality and belief system. Like I couldn't. I could not shed Star Wars, I think. I'll clarify. I I guess I just quit current Star Wars. Because okay. Star, Star Wars is a thing where you could just go back and like figure out sure. all more, right? That stuff is still there, it hasn't changed, yeah. Uh like we were in the in the DMs talking about Darth Maul and then I was like, Who the <laughs> hell is uh I think her name is Darth Baton or Darth uh it's a female Maul or because Darth Maul has a race, right? Yeah, he's a Zabrak. Yeah, and there's a, a female character that looks just like him, but she also looks like uh, the character from The Fifth Element with the long hair that looks like tentacles. Oh, I know who you're talking about. She doesn't. She has like the tattoos like Darth Maul, but she's a Twi'lek with the two. Um, yes. She's a... Uh, you're talking about Darth Talon. I know you're talking Talon, about. Talon, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like, she's from the old, like, no longer canon part of Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you could always go back to like, oh, I don't she's know like, dr- she dresses like very thing. skimpy, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's old stuff that I'm like, I wish they, it, it like, it lives in my head, you know. I'm like, I wish they could create this story in in a film. Maybe not today because I don't like the stuff they're creating right now. But maybe sometime in the future, like a story that I would like is when uh, Darth Sidious meets with Darth Darth Maul's mother. You know, oh yeah, Mother Talzin. Yeah, that's, that happens in the. I think it happens in Clone Wars. Yeah, the the way that whole story wraps up, I'm like, damn, Darth Maul. He like takes takes them from the her or something. I forgot. That's no something else happens. Oh, not when he's a baby. Not when you're talking about later on. Yeah, later on, I think. Uh, well, I can't I can't spoil it, but it's like Darth Maul is like has a situation with his mother, and then his mother tells the, him to like, hey, go away. the Night Sisters. Yeah. And then uh, Sidious comes through, and then something happens, and then Darth Maul is, like, pissed off. Yeah, that's right. That happens in Clone Wars in the cartoon show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so those type of stories, I'm like, that shit is so good, and I don't want to leave it. You know, I don't, don't want to, like, quit it because these stories are so awesome. Yeah. But I just don't want the current shit. I could see that. I mean, one of the things I'm happy about, like, we can talk about this either in a length or shortly – is that they're doing uh so they announced three movies right there's one that's basically a sequel just straight up like it's not called episode 10 but it's basically episode episode 10 where uh ray basically continues the jedi order like 15 years after the last movie ended mm-hmm. which that one i'm not i'm kind of looking forward to but it's not the one i'm the most excited of the three the other one is uh dave filoni who's basically the guy who's curated clone wars and rebels and like all of the like disney plus stuff he's behind Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. He's doing all the major stuff. He's doing a movie that's supposed to tie up all the stuff with Mandalorian and Ahsoka and all those characters like that. Everything that happens between Return of the Jedi and Episode 7, like he's like doing a movie that's supposed to like wrap up all that stuff with Grand Admiral Thrawn and Gideon, Moff Gideon and all that stuff. But then the most interesting one is actually the one that's being done by um, James Mangle. I think that's his name is. Okay. He's doing a Dawn of the Jedi movie, which is set 25,000 years before like Luke Skywalker. And he's talked about how this movie is supposed to be like kind of like Ben-Hur, which I've never seen Ben-Hur. But he, mentioned, he, he references also the Ten Commandments. 
Now, the Ten Commandments, for those of you guys who don't know, I saw that movie when I was in middle school, actually, is basically just a Hollywood film version of the, the whole story of Moses, basically. So, right, it's about the Ten Commandments. Moses, you know, delivers the Jews and stuff, right? He compares it where he wants to do, like, a biblical, like, a kind of, like, a historical epic on that frame about, like, who was, like, the first Jedi? Like, what what was the nature of the Force? Like, that stuff is super interesting to me because, like, the Force is the most coolest concept for anything in all of science fiction in my opinion i think the nature of the force from a metaphysical perspective from a religious perspective from the uh like i think of the quote from a new hope where luke asks obi-wan he's like what is the force and like and obi-wan says the force is like an energy field that binds all living things in the universe together it's like what holds the galaxy together like it's created by living things and living things create more of the force. And it's like a cyclical thing, right? Like this concept of like, uh, it's kind of like chi in a way, like in, like, like in, or like, uh, the Tao in Buddhism kind of stuff. Like it's very, it's this ethereal spiritual thing that all of Star Wars kind of revolves around. And it's, and then there's like different interpretations of the force too, because you're talking about like Darth Maul's mother, the Night Sisters. Yeah. They use they use what's like force witchcraft. They they don't use the force like how a Sith or a Jedi do. They use the force in in, in like alchemy, in like what's like voodoo and like witchcraft stuff. But it's it still draws from the force. It's just a different facet of the force, right? So like you have like these different, you have all these different. Uh, kind of force wielding it's not just jedi and sith there's like other factions that use the force in a different way there's like a there's a shamanism like clan that uses they like they they call it like the light side of the force ashla and they call it the bad side bogda and it's like so like there's these different cultures who experience the same thing in different ways and it's not just oh just there's the jedi and there's the sith They're like no there's like all these other force wielding people out there who have no concept of good or bad like it's just how you use it and it's, it's such a cool storytelling element so i'm very excited about uh uh dawn of the jedi so that's the one thing because you're talking about like the modern stuff movies and stuff i'm like that sounds super interesting because it's not modern it's way it's like the earliest in the timeline kind of story no 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 that's not what i mean uh are you I, not talking about like skywalker stuff like modern like i'm talking about i'm talking about the films in or like, like culturally culture like our oh, current okay. day culture okay. like i don't care that it's modern like if there was a blade runner I, of course i'd fucking watch it i told even you it's modern there's an episode of mando that's very blade runner i robot ish last I'm, came out, I'm gonna resist came out two weeks ago i mean like our society today the um, way that they're developing star wars i'm just not into that's what i mean i don't if it's a modern version of star wars cool but i mean the creators of it like i'm not feeling it oh okay yeah but as far as the stories that you're you just described that one does sound like the more interesting the origins story yeah because i'm trying to imagine like what would it be like for the first person to be like like we're starting this thing now we're gonna uh, caveman we're gonna be celibate monks with swords and caveman picks up the first stick and then he lights it on fire and then he swings it around and wouldn't it have been like the first thing like lightning caused fire or something right wouldn't that be with the first actual that fire? would be a great intro wouldn't it be like the first fire like they wouldn't have figured out that rubbing sticks would make fire right it would have to cut the lightning or lava or something would happen 
It would have to be a naturally occurring flame first, right? I think, right? You think so? I don't know. Like Because that's kind of rare. No. Like to see lightning strike. No. Forest fires are a thing that's been around forever, Johnny. Think about it that no, way. No, yeah, sure, but... Okay, I think we're going way off topic now. We're talking no, about... no, no, but that's that's fun to, to like... Uh... Okay, so there's a lightning strike. You think that you think that ancestors would get close to it and be like, hey, I can harness this shit. Or they gradually develop like, hey, there's a lot of friction here. I'm just going to rub this stick with this with the ground. And but how like, would you know? How hot. would you know that, though? Like, how would you know that rubbing sticks like because the amount of effort that has to go into making a fire by manually with mm-hmm. Tinder and like not Tinder the app, but Tinder, like actual like like dry brush and like even if you did like the cool technique where you're using a a rope or whatever to make the stick spin really fast and in a little like pocket or bowl or a little divot mm-hmm. like the most efficient way of doing fire like that takes incredible amount of effort like who would spend the energy back then thinking like oh this might do something you know what i mean oh uh, people that don't watch tv you think people were just so bored they just started rubbing sticks as fast as they could until they made fire they assuming assuming we're okay i want to Going on a limb here, we're, uh, and we're gonna, for the sake of this argument, I want to throw creationism out the window. We're not okay. We're not gonna. Why not? Why just throw it in there? Because it uh, wouldn't make uh, oh. God, you know, burning bush. Like there's your fire, or like God could. Oh, just psychedelics. Fire. I guess. Okay, so let's say we're gonna go with okay. the evolutionary idea of like human humans, right? Okay. How would they come? Like, how would you come up with fire if you didn't have to observe it first? I think you would have to observe. No, it they first saw it for sure before they learned to create it yeah okay i thought you were saying like they don't have to see a natural phenomenon to like get the idea of how to make fire no the the way i see you describing this like they there was lightning strike and then the tree cut in half and the tree was on fire mm-hmm. and then they went and they picked up a a tree and they're like Poked oh look i think it was more like they saw some fire they saw smoke and then they saw what the fire did they're like whoa like the animals are scared of that shit that's why i think a forest fire will be the most common phenomenon for fire back and, then. and then they they sit there and they're like hey it'd be crazy if we could harness that thing whatever that fire thing is like we need to make some of it because there's animals that are on our ass so we need to make it somehow and they start just fiddling with shit and then they eventually they're like oh look this should have smoked just like that one thing and then boom they got fire eventually they just gotta like fuck around with what they have which is like rocks and twigs and that was what they were fucking with right sure so it's like do you think that's how they discovered that like cooked meat is better than raw meat like do you think they saw like a forest animal burn and like like, well we should eat it it's dead already yeah and it's like oh this charred deer actually tastes better when it's charred and not just raw or whatever like do you think that's how they figured it out like it's like burnt roadkill it happens to be left over after a fire like hey this ain't so bad yeah, there was a forest fire, and then there was a monkey up in the canopies that got smoked out, and he was dead, and he was just hanging there, and he got a little crispy, and they ate his ass. And like, hey, this is better than the regular monkey we eat, kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, so we're trying to figure out, how did they figure out this fire thing, right? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought we were getting back to the forest, like, how did the first Jedi figure out the forest, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's uh, what the movie would be about, presumably. Like, yeah, I'm just fucking if, around. If oh, there's no Jedi or Sith yet, then, like, how does one figure out the nature of, 
Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we talk about like, uh, like, how do we know you see the same color? Like you see red and I see red, but like, how do we know it's the same red? Like, how would that work for the force, right? Like someone's like, hey, like if I look at that thing long enough, it starts to move. Like, can you do that thing? And it's like, I, yeah, I can do the same thing too. I can look at it and just pretend to move it in my mind and it moves. It's like, oh, like we just discovered, you know what I mean? Like, what would that story be like? So I'm very excited to see what, like, how do they figure out like what a Jedi is? Like, what's the purpose of a Jedi? Like. Okay, I'm going to prolong this podcast just a little bit. That's okay. We have time. All right. So. But not too much time. I was fucking around with the, like, caveman with the fire stick or whatever. I'm just being sarcastic. Sure. But. I think I kind of knew that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think this. I want to know how they're going to reveal this thing, right? The person that has, like, the force. Like, where exactly are they going to start this thing? Are they going to start with that first guy where he's like picking up a rock with his mind and he's like oh holy shit like i'm strong these I other people can't do this I, yeah i definitely think it's gonna be an accident kind of thing where like you know how when you like when you're in danger and like you flinch or you like m- like instinctively move a certain way i think it's gonna be like one of those like accidental activation kind of things you don't think they're gonna start with there's already a civilization and there's sort of like a village and then there's these factions and they're fighting and then all of a sudden in combat they're like possessing every their might and then all of a sudden like they throw a rock accidentally yeah exactly it's gonna be activated by accident like I, i'm just saying like i don't think danger. it'll be the first jedi i think it'll be people that are discovering slightly aware that they have these metaphysical kind and then of, okay. it becomes like very tangible you know yeah I think I think you're right i think that's makes the most sense yeah th- this kind of reminds me of that thing that i told you like a long time ago like there's people that have abilities that they just discover, like in modern times, like that. Uh, like okay, like there's that one lady where, where she had a husband, and the husband didn't smell all that great, right? As he got older, his stench was like really, really fucking bad, right? Mm-hmm. So then, eventually, this guy turns out he has something like Parkinson's. I think that that was a disease. And so he goes to the hospital and then they're they're trying to it was Parkinson's or cancer. I don't remember. So they go both to the hospital and then he gets his uh, diagnosis and there's they have to cope with it. So he goes to a a meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. And she goes and then like all the men there smell the exact same way. And then she goes and she steps out because she can't take the stench, right? So she walks out and she's like talking to the cooks or whatever. And she's like, none of the men smell the same here. I think you told me the story before. Yeah, I, I did. She realizes she realizes like these people don't smell the same, and then she goes back in, and then she takes her husband. They go home, and then she tells her husband like, "Hey, um, I think I can smell your disease." Yeah, and that that's a real thing. Like this lady could go around smelling people and know like a diagnosis like wow like this this person is like 10 years in in 10 years they're gonna have full-blown parkinson's or diabetes or whatever yeah it's like when a dog can like barks at you because you have cancer kind of thing yeah yeah so yeah this type of thing happens in real life like um there's that there's that other story where there was a i think it was a linguist she was out in the forest and then she asked this little girl like hey can you tell me where north is and then, like, the, the little girl looks at her kind of like she's dumb. Like, how do you not know where North is? And they're in the middle of nowhere. In, in the middle of nowhere. And the little girl, like, 
draw something on the ground and it's exactly where north needs to be you know Mm -hmm. and it's like these people have this instinct yeah somehow right so it was like um just real quick i remember during the vietnam war uh like there was a I don't know if they were Native Americans or I think they were Native Americans, but like they were like the best trackers or something. Mm-hmm. And it had to do something to do with they had like facial hair or something like that. Okay. Where their facial hair kind of served like served as like extended sensory organs in a way where like if like they could sense which direction something was with their beards and stuff. Oh, uh, they could and, s- and then, feel the subtle changes. Yeah. And then when they got shaved off, they lost the ability to do that. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of similar to that. So it sounds like. Uh, this is also like that one tribe that lives by the coast. Oh, they have like the expanded lungs, expanded lungs. Yeah. And they, they live most of the time on like on the coast, but in the ocean, on the water. Yeah. And they dive all the time and they have like this enlarged spleen or something like that. Yeah. Where they would pass it on because like the best fishermen were the ones who got like the most women or like whatever. the Yeah. So yeah. I feel like if they told the Star Wars story, it has to be some type of thing like that. Right. Yeah. Where someone detects her. Well, they can already do that because in Star Wars, there's like, um, in Star Wars, there is certain species or races that do have, who are more like sensitive to the force and stuff like that. Like they have a, there's a species that can like use the force in a way that like uh, the Jedi cannot use where it's like, they can see the force in color kind of thing. There's also like a, that'd be a good way to describe there's it. There's a creature that can, they, for some reason it's like a little, like a squirrel thing, but like in the, in the old canon, they, these squirrels, they're called Isalamari and they would like cancel out the force around them. Oh, that's cool. So they were kind of like, like, uh, like rich gangsters would carry these creatures with them so that the Jedi could not harm them, like with their powers. They were kind of like a naturally occurring, like anti force device kind of thing, but in creature form. So, like, so like the very rich or the very like high class had them as pets mm-hmm. to just like nullify like Jedi abilities and stuff. So, there's like stuff already in Star Wars if they chose to use it that way. Like, there's already things that kind of are cognizant. Of what the force is, like, regardless of, like, Jedi or Sith or whatever. So, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff they can play around with. They're doing that thing, too. Where, like, they're adding a lot of stuff from, like, the old canon into the new canon. Like, like when they introduced uh, the character of Thrawn, who comes from, like, the books. Yeah. Like, they added him now into the official, official, like, storyline stuff. Or, like, um, I don't know. There's, like, other stuff, too, from, like, Knights of the Republic. Like, they've been adding, like, little by little. So they're kind of like, all right, like we're going to take the best stuff of the stuff that's no longer canon and just make it like canon again and stuff. So there's a lot of stuff they can do with it. There's but a see, lot of- that's, that's the stuff that you want. That's the stuff that I would like to see. But you know what they write is going to be like very on the surface. Like I want to see, yeah, I want to see like if there's a first Jedi, like how long until there's like the first Sith? Like, is it like, a, is it going to be like, because I'm thinking if they're doing the biblical stuff, like is this going to be like the first, like the Judas of the group or something who like turns away or whatever so like, you think it'll be a couple uh jedi well they're not jedi then but there's i don't jedi know that they're helping people and then there's a judas someone who's kind of like just like you know what like i could get very rich using this ability like maybe i should just do that instead or like you know what i mean or someone uh, it's gonna be like a like the first sin kind of thing but for star wars or something they could kind of make it a love story because that's what well no because Oh, well, they could do that, but well, if it's the if in it's the like old a, canon, like early on, a lot of Jedi did have like relationships and stuff. It was something they changed later on, but like they could change that, I guess, too, because Luke changes that in the books later, where like 
like no that like love is not a like a deterrence like it's actually like good for a jedi to love things like that it's compassion or whatever like it makes you actually a better jedi somehow like they've 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 like toyed around with the idea of like are we doing celibate monks are we doing like classical knights like what's like the love thing situation so because a lot of people would argue a lot of people would argue that anakin wouldn't have fallen to the dark side if he was allowed to just love freely No, no, no so no anakin would not have become evil if he only knew Rey's powers, because Rey obviously is the strongest Jedi ever because she can do a uh, force heal. Rey didn't exist yet. No. Yeah, but okay, I'm just talking shit. Oh yeah, that is kind of silly. Yeah, because he asks. Yeah, because that would have completely nullified the whole issue with him with uh, saving Padme. He's like, oh, it wouldn't matter if you knew how to force heal, which exactly. won't be discovered for another forty years. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Johnny, this isn't a Star Wars podcast. Although I do co-host a Star Wars podcast called... Have you done it recently? My Star Wars show. Yeah, we just recorded two weeks ago. We did like the first three episodes of... No, we did the middle two episodes of The Mandalorian. So We're is... supposed to record tomorrow to cover all the celebration stuff. So is it a podcast? It's a YouTube show, which I call a podcast. But is it on Spotify? Is it no, on... it's on YouTube. It's Why? My Star Wars show on Backlot Banter. Why? I, 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 I forgot how it, it works. That's something to do with the RSS feed. That um, I guess Spotify or Anchor only allows you to have one RSS feed per account. And because they don't want to mix it with... Because they do a video game one. They do a movie one. They do like another one. Like They don't want to mix them all under the exact... It's like why a lot of people don't follow like account... or like It's, it's kind of like why a lot of like specialty podcasts have two different artist feeds for two different like they don't want to mix up a muddy like the same topics i think that's how they explain it to me because they have a movie artist feed but they don't have one for the other stuff so that's how i understand it okay so if it records on youtube you're saying it can't be on spotify it can be but i think they have to make a separate email or spotify or i'm sorry anchor account or something but my friend my co-host abram said he was gonna do something about that soon so yeah because i do want to listen to the pod you can just put YouTube and then just don't look at the screen. Just have it playing in the background. It's the same thing. Yeah, I know, but it's not exactly the same thing. Because, like, I don't have a YouTube Premium, right? I don't want YouTube Premium. You don't have to have YouTube. You just watch regular YouTube. Yeah, but then it's like, I'm doing stuff, and I like keeping it in my pocket. Oh. And then the screen's got to be on. The screen's going to get touched, yeah. yeah. It'll get touched, and I'm like, fuck, it's back to the beginning or to the end or whatever. Yeah. And I'm always, like, doing something with my foot. You know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why my screen needs to be off. We'll probably fix that soon. But uh... anyways, Ryan, do you have any last words before we head out? Any last things you want to talk about or share? If you are excited for Starfield, don't be. Ouch. Okay. I'm still excited for Starfield, but okay. (laughs) You can't tell me what to do. (laughs) Anyways, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have anything I have to say? No, I'm, I'm going to play Starfield when it comes out. That's all there is to it. <laughs> okay. Because it's going to be on Game Pass, so I might as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, that's that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, for your listenership, as always. If you managed to make it this far, we appreciate it. Probably the easiest episode to make it this far, because this is not a long episode. So, uh, if you made it this time, here, you know, get your participation trophy for making it this far. We have longer episodes, but this I think this is going to be one of the shorter ones. So, let us know how caveman created fire i want that from the audience 
and also tell us what you want to see from the Star Wars origin thing. And then if you want to mention something video game related, because this is a video game podcast, that would be great too also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to do those things, like Johnny said, uh, if you want to comment, uh, ask a question, or answer one of Johnny's two questions, uh, you can reach us at DualSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that is DualSensePodcast, one word, at Yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter account, DualSensep, altogether, because I could not spell podcast for some reason. It wouldn't let me. So DualSenseP on Twitter and then DualSensePodcast altogether, one word, at Yahoo.com. So that's going to be for us tonight, folks. Next week, uh, I don't know what happens next week, but I guess, well, I don't know why I even started saying that, but I thought we were coming up on, I think as of this episode, we're 10 away from our 100th episode, Johnny. I think this is episode 90, I think. Cool beans. Very cool. Very exciting. I have a couple ideas I want to run past you, but afterwards about what we could do episode for episode 100 but uh for now uh you guys are just gonna have to wait and tune in next week to see so not to see the 100 episode but just to see what we decide on doing so that's gonna be it for us this week and good night peace peace